Hello everyone and welcome to Faux Wrestling Podcast, fans of wrestling everywhere. Uh, we're a new podcast uh, starting out uh, uh, fresh, and, uh, fresh and new. Maybe some of the faces uh, you see are familiar to you from a, uh, a collector's podcast we do, uh, TFYLP. Runs weekly on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're a fan of Transformers and uh, things of uh, the robot nature, plastic robot nature, uh, check out that podcast on Saturday nights. Uh, I'm the host there, uh, Duran Land, and also, also the host here. Uh, also with me is Rick Alvarez, who you may recognize from the show. If you didn't have enough to be mad about me already, that I'm on TFYLP or Tiflip, I'm also on this show as well. Yes. So now people can hate me. We can, can call you. We thing. can call you your ring name, Rick the Prick. I used to go by Galvarez. Galvarez. Because you know Alvarez, Galvarez. Okay. All right, that might be a little too uh, <laughs> a too little smart too, for you to run. Little, little too. I got. I got it. I got it. Yeah, it took just a, while. a little bit, but uh, uh, you, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yes, I, I am a person. I, I was going to say something witty and funny, but I, it totally went. <laughs> um, but also with this is uh, uh, two new faces uh, to the podcasting world. Uh, Chandler, welcome to uh, Foe. Hey! Thanks for having me. Happy to happy to be here. Happy to happy to talk uh, talk some wrestling. Should be fun. Absolutely. And Ashley. Hello. Um, so yeah, many of you might know me actually from when I was a wrestler. I wrestled as Ashley Madison, and uh, Chandler is also my husband. So that's how he pulled me into the fold. Since he loves Transformers and there's these guys, I am now here to talk to you. About my fandom of wrestling too. You're breaking I, kayfabe, man. Come on. I also know Chandler. Where Chandler's also my <laughs> husband. That's how he fooled me. That's how I got interested in wrestling through him. That is a. That's actually picture. what this podcast is about. Is, is <laughs> love triangle we have. Tra- transforming wrestlers. <laughs> yes. Chicks turn into guys. It's a big surprise. But uh, but you know uh, there's a lot of uh, pro wrestling fans out there, and uh, this show you know. Uh, whether or not you're a fan of the Transformers has nothing to do with this show. This show is entirely uh, self-contained in pro wrestling. We're going to talk pro wrestling. doesn't matter if it's WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, or your local indies. You know, we're going to be talking about it um, from time to time. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, topical subjects. We're going to be talking about current events, uh, things that we'd like to see. We're going to be talking about uh, experiences in wrestling, uh, just different aspects of pro wrestling, uh, and our love for the business. Um, so without further ado, uh, you know, since this is our first episode, uh, I think it's a good idea to kind of give a little background on each one of us, uh, and you know, how we became a wrestling fan and, uh, you know, monumental moments in our personal histories uh as wrestling fans uh or marks however you want to uh, however you want to put it um but if you really stop and think about it if you like wrestling in any form uh you know whether it's 
you know, the, the big time shows you see on TV or the smaller, uh, shows that you see locally in your, in your hometown, uh, everybody, including the wrestlers, regardless, regardless of whether or not they admit it or not are marks because, uh, you know, I've known many wrestlers and they, they mark out about WWE stars just as much as I do, uh, you know, so, and I know a lot of them would be like, you know, piss on you for that, but <laughs> that's, 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 that's the bottom line. We're all marks. So if we're going to go into it uh, with uh, that that point of view and uh, uh, give a little background on ourselves, uh, Rick, we'll start with you. Um, how long have you been a wrestling fan? What's uh, uh, what got uh, you into wrestling? Jeez, what's today? Today is so Sunday. It's been thirty some years, maybe. I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm thirty eight, and I remember the first time I ever saw pro wrestling and I was hooked. I had just moved back to this country from living overseas and it was maybe 1991, 1992 and it's 11 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday. I'm flipping through channels. It was a match made in heaven and a match made in hell. And I (laughs) came across WWE superstars or WWF superstars. Get the F out. Right. It was WWF superstars. And it was, uh, it was, this was a precursor to raw. This was a precursor to SmackDown. I think it would air like Friday or Saturday nights in some places. And then they'd re-air it again on the weekend mornings. And super, uh, superstars was a show that they would cut to the people in the studio doing the interview and they would cut to the action, which was filmed like maybe a week or two before. And then cut back to the people in the studio, and it was uh, it was Mean Gene, it was Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mister Perfect, and I think Macho Man were on commentary with four guys in the studio. And I'm like, all right, I, I've let's see these guys fight. And being a little kid at the time, I was completely oblivious to it being real or not real, but I fell in love with wrestling. And then I got my mom into wrestling. My mom's 72 years old now, and she is a freak. She loves wrestling. She makes me take her to all the shows, all the house shows. She goes to autograph signings. My mom loves wrestling. She watches way too much of it in this house. <laughs> and I do want to share one quick story. It's, it's the day I died a little on the inside. It's the day that I, I f- realized that wrestling might not be real. And it well, was the day. Well, it's real, but it's scripted in a way. That's I mean, that's the that's the right word. <laughs> right. Yes, it's real. It's just it's scripted. So I was watching TV, and out comes the Ultimate Warrior, and he's in a jumpsuit for some reason. Warrior never comes out in a jumpsuit. Ultimate Warrior comes out in a jumpsuit, and it was during his feud with Papa Shango, a.k.a. Um, the Godfather. Uh, the, the Good Father. And uh, all of a sudden, this black tar comes streaming down the head of uh, Ultimate Warrior, and I'm thinking, what's that thing he's got on his back? I'm like, is that shooting goo up into his hair? And then the goo's coming down his face? 
And that's when I kind of realized, yeah, that that might not be real. And then I think I think when my mom realized it wasn't wrestling, that it wasn't like, you know, 100% legit wrestling, we were at a show. It was a Monday Night Raw, and she leaned over to me and she said, I don't think Alberto Del Rio owns all of those cars. I think maybe they rent those cars for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I look at her like, are you are you kidding me? Are you like you're you know, whatever she was, 67, 68 years old at the time. Like, we've been following wrestling together for like 25 some years, and you thought it was all legit. <laughs> you're you're only commenting to me now that you think something's up because Alberto Del Rio has a lot of different cars. So, um, and I'll start and I'll end with, uh, first wrestler I ever met was Typhoon, AKA tugboat. And it was at a, the a show master. in Miami. It was a car <laughs> show in Miami. And at one booth, they had Pamela Anderson cause she was on Baywatch and, uh, Typhoon at the other booth. I'm like, no, I don't want to meet her. I want to meet him. So I'm a little kid. So he was the first wrestler I ever met, and the last wrestler I ever met was AJ Lee, who's gorgeous. I mean, she's like 50 pounds in real life. She's tiny. But she's definitely gorgeous. Yeah, CM Punk's lucky. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so Chandler, what, uh, what about you? What's your uh, background in wrestling? Yeah, oddly enough, uh, I think... I think <laughs> Weird, weird that uh, Rick and I, that's like my first my first memory is the uh, Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior uh, face goo thing. And but that was the part where where it kind of lost it for him. That's where I decided it was real, I guess. So I guess we kind of we kind of took it two two different ways. But yeah, so I started watching uh, Rick, you know, WWF superstars growing up, which was, you know, much more superhero you know kind of good versus evil comic based and then i think like a lot of people my age i'm i'm a, a kid of the age i'm 30 be 34 here pretty soon um you know the attitude era is where you know really started it up and then <clears throat> right around 2000 i i fell off hard and uh didn't watch anything for probably a decade um and then uh some of this uh which is actually why um, I love wrestling now and I'll let Ashley talk about it a little bit more because I think her perspective is a little more interesting than mine is uh, Ashley and I started uh, watching uh, wrestling together is just a thing a thing to do as a married couple um, we actually uh, read a book uh, called uh, the scarred circle um, life and death in times of professional wrestling which kind of talks about the history of you know the carny days and the uh, vaudevillian roots of of wrestling and it was just super super interesting and then um you know we just started uh really what what got us into it was uh when and before nxt really blew up uh but when uh, you know charlotte and sasha and all those girls were in nxt we started watching women's wrestling together um and it was just so refreshing to see women treated uh, with respect rather than just like bra and panties matches 
um, that, you know, these were serious athletes and they, they treated him as such. And it was just really, it was a really cool thing to see going from the attitude era. Um, you know, there were a couple really great wrestlers, but that all took a backseat to, you know, TNA, not TNA that were, you know, actual TNA. <laughs> T and A, uh, not TNA. Yeah, TNA. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I'll let, I'll let her talk about that a little bit more because I, I think her perspective is a little, a little bit fresher. But, you know, I've always, I, I think what it comes down to is, you know, and people always say, you know, when they find out you're a wrestling fan, it's, it's kind of, if, if they, they don't get it and they, they kind of give you that, like, you know, you know, they don't say it, but, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's not real, right? You either whatever, get but, that, oh, wrestling type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, it's kind of sad, really, because it's, because it's it's storytelling, right? And I love storytelling. That's why I love, you know, Transformers, the the new run of IDW comics. I'm a huge, huge fan of. Oh, um, as am I, as am I. Yeah, I, it, it's it's great, and you know, I just I like I like storytelling, and it's it's as it's as real as anything else on TV. Um, it's so, uh, it's drama. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's it's comedic, and sometimes it doesn't play very well. But it's 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 no different yeah. than Days of Our Lives or as the sun turns or it's, it's a drama with a sports theme. It's, it's a dramedy with sports. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, or not even, I mean, I, I think the, 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 the soap opera reference is, is relevant for sure. But honestly, like I, there are times when wrestling is done right, where it's just as compelling as something like game of Thrones, you know? I mean, it's, it's just as, it can be just as complex. It can be just as watch any uh, MP, you know, uh, MPJW match. <laughs> yeah. It can be, it, it can be just as fulfilling. If you have any context, for example, so here's, here's one of my favorite matches. If you have any context to the, to the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania match, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible, incredible thing. and, um, you know, I, I hope I, I always try. I, one of my favorite things to do is to kind of curate things and show people, like what my passions are and, and why I like things. And I try to learn that from other people. And um, I think if you just put wrestling in the right context and you don't, you don't kind of force it down on people, just say, Hey, listen, this is a story, watch it like a story. And if they, if they dig it, awesome, you know, but if not, but it's, it's great. And so, you know, I, I think beyond that, um, what I'm into now is a little bit more, you know, I still watch WWE. Um, I have the new, uh, new Japan, uh, networks are going to watch a lot of that, but probably my favorite thing right now is um, just independent shows. So we, uh, where I live in Cincinnati, uh, there's a great, great promotion, Dayton called Rockstar Pro, um, and it's just it's just an amazing promotion. And you you just go on Wednesday night, and once a month they do a pay per view, and you might see Joey Ryan. Uh, we saw Ray Phoenix, uh, the, the Chris Brothers, um, everybody. It's it's amazing. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with it, but. I'll, I'll let Ashley kind of flesh out the, the mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah, because you're trying to steal my thunder. <laughs> Scoop your heat. <laughs> Always. Yeah, so um, I'll just kind of jump right into it then because he kind of talked, he touched on this. So um, for me, uh, I didn't grow up watching wrestling a ton. Um, I watched it some as a kid, but I think for me it was that idea of I didn't understand what was real and what wasn't as a kid, and that terrified me. Because even when, after I think it had come out that it was pre-scripted, you still still, still would still see matches where they're using chairs and tacks and barbed wire, and I'm like, that 
that terrifies me because I'm like that that I don't think that's a prop like a fake prop I think that's real and you would see these things happen so um as a kid I think that was a little bit too made my stomach a little bit too queasy and so it wasn't and for me too it wasn't I think there wasn't that there wasn't good women's matches it's just because I watched wrestling so rarely I didn't get to see a ton of that I didn't get to see those great women's matches that did happen. Um, so then fast forward down the line, I'm married to Chandler and we're going on a road trip and we decided to listen to David Schumacher's Squared Circle. And so with that, going back through the history of wrestling, through all the greats of wrestling that have passed away, um, it blew my mind to hear these stories again, to see these, the background of how it developed and why it started to, to the wrestlers that I knew growing up, the names, because even if you didn't watch wrestling a ton, you still knew the names. Like they became great advertisers that they were on the commercials or the kids shows. And so you knew who some of those names were. And so after listening to that book, I'm like, I think I want to watch wrestling again. Like this puts it in a whole new perspective for me. I want to watch it. So we got the WWE Network and then one of the first matches for me to watch was the NXT Charlotte versus Sasha Banks women's match for yes. the championship. And I mean, for that to be the first women's match that I watched coming back into wrestling, I was just like, I never grew up with this. Like, I don't remember seeing this. I wish this was always what I watched as a kid. Like, why am it only taking me until now to see this? And at that time, we were living in Cincinnati and um, still being back new to Cincinnati or getting into wrestling in Cincinnati. I didn't understand the, the true history that Cincinnati has in wrestling. Um, and so Chandler's job ended up taking us to Milwaukee. We moved to Milwaukee and uh, Milwaukee actually has an amazing independent scene. Um, and so where we, it was like, for me, the chips were just falling into place. Like everything was just kind of like, it was kismet for me because we moved into our new apartment. We found out that Ring of Honor was going to be at the theater next to us. Um, so we went to Turner Hall to go see the Ring of Honor show. Um, and But our garage our, for our apartment complex, also being the garage that people park at for the Turner Hall shows, got flyered with an independent promotion called Brew City Wrestling. So I walked out to my car before the show to go run some errands, and I ran back in with the flyer to Chandler, and I'm like, oh my God, I think someone's trying to tell me something. I think I'm supposed to be wrestling. <laughs> Someone put this flyer on my car. There's a wrestling promotion in town. And so we went and saw Ring of Honor that night. Um, it was also amazing because that was Silas Young's first big match within Milwaukee and him being a big Milwaukee person. Everyone knew him because of his run in the independent in there. So he also was the debut for the dark match. It was Beer City Bruiser, which is Matt Winchester. And he came out for the dark match and he was also a big, a fairly known wrestler within the Milwaukee community. And it was just amazing to see him. And so... I end up on Facebook reaching out to Brew City Wrestling, reaching out to the promoter, 
we started kind of messaging back and forth, but it took me some time to actually make it out to a Brew City Wrestling show. Finally, through one thing or another, Chandler and I were able to go to a show. I was able to talk to the promoter, um, and then he was saying, come. Actually, or no, it was, we couldn't go to the show together, so I went by myself and so that I could hang out with a promoter and talk about wrestling, because I told him how I wanted to be a wrestler, and he's like, show up. We'll show you. I'll talk to you about everything. And not knowing that that also was Matt Winchester's home promotion. So for the Beer City Bruiser, that's where he worked. So that night I got to see all these great local heroes and like for that town to be wrestling. And to see an independent show was mind-blowing for me. Um, so that's how I kind of got involved with the wrestling because through that, through just that progression of going to these shows, I ended up talking to them. They said, if you really want to do it, like the promoter sat me down and had, it was a very long, intense conversation to make sure I was serious about things and talking about how you have to put out the work that you have to pay your dues. You have to show up for the shows. Cause at that time they didn't have a formal training studio. So you would have to just travel around where there was a, a wrestling show and set up the ring if you were lucky enough to get an hour or so, a couple hours in the ring beforehand, if, if the guys got there in time, and that's kind of how you got to learn. Um, and um, in, I guess in between the time of me to trying to get to a Brew City show after watching that first Ring of Honor show at Turner Hall uh, for a present, Chandler and I decided for my birthday to go up to Toronto. And so this would be like one of those first time, like ah, amazing moments for me also in wrestling because we went and saw, um, it was global wars in Toronto. And that was when they brought the new Japan pro wrestling guys in. Um, and so we got to see the ring of honor versus new Japan pro wrestling. That was my first introduction to new Japan pro wrestling. And at that point still, I wasn't a wrestler. I was still just, becoming the super fan. And so we decided to, I'm like, if we, we came and drove all this way for the show, let's just go ahead and pay for the, the autograph session and picture session. Like, let's just do it. Let's just go and do it. And like, let's just be those people. Like it's totally fine. And so I really wanted to meet Matt Seidel just cause I had listened to a podcast that he was on and listening to his background and the history kind of made me really excited to meet him. And then Chandler wanted to meet, the Rainmaker, and I think that was one of our mind-blowing moments because we went to take our picture with him, and we set up to do a selfie, and he just started talking in English to Chandler, and Chandler and I were like, "What? Wait, we didn't know he could speak English!" Like, could he speak very good English? Or yes, wow, <laughs> yes, and that's the thing is like we didn't, you know, this is us being super fancy. I was a wrestler, like not realizing that. Oh, like they. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. I, I've never been to the autograph sessions of an indie show. Now, when you go to those, mm -hmm. and this question is for the whole panel, when you go to those autograph sessions before or after the matches, are they in character or are they more like laid back? Hey, thanks for coming. Laid back in character than I know of. It's, yeah, I think it all depends on how that wrestler was trained and the promotion that they're working for. Um, because I was taught as a wrestler that you don't break character because the person who trained me was very old school. 
And so it was, you know, you're you're in character from a moment that you're you're there that for the fans, you should be in character all the time. Because that's a just was a time honored tradition before it came out, you know. But other people and other promotions, they're they're not like that. It just depends on who who the person is. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's also um specifically new japan is very is very still kayfabe is alive and well um and if you if you talk to to to, to some of the guys like they will readily admit that like most of the japanese guys they'll be like on tour with them over there some of the english guys and have to like speak through translators and then all of a sudden out of nowhere one of the japanese guys will just start talking english and they'll be like what 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 the hell like you speak english and then he'll go straight back to speaking Japanese, like, <laughs> and he won't, he won't, he won't do it again. So it's, it's, it's. And that's Japan not for everybody, is, is, but there are there's no, some, yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of yeah. them, yeah. yeah. So here, here's the uh, here's the picture we ended up uh, yeah <laughs> taking wow. with 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 Okada. Uh, it was it was it was pretty awesome. That, uh, yeah, whenever was, you uh, showed me that Chandler? picture, that, that's you, Chandler, in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's like a whole different person. Yeah. I, I'm 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 the one on the right, not the left. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, I, right. I, I, that just blew my mind whenever you showed me a picture with you <laughs> you and Okada. That uh, Okada, you know, I I'm Bullet Club through and through, but I have to say Okada truly is one of the greatest pure professional wrestlers in the world. He is every match he goes out there is amazing. I will scramble to watch an Okada match before I watch anything WWE puts out right now. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really good. It really is. Um, but, you yeah. know, uh, to finish Rick's question, you know, from my experience, um, what I've seen as far as wrestlers outside of the ring interacting with fans, um, most of them stayed in character, but it was more of a laid back. You know, they, they treated the fans generally with respect, even if they were a heel. Uh, i.e. a bad guy uh but if somebody asked him so are you gonna uh kick so-and-so's ass tonight hell yeah i'm gonna wipe the floor with his ass you know uh, you know they they stayed in character as long as it pertained to uh the 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 matches themselves uh but you know whenever it was a one-on-one person uh personal interaction now if it was like i, I didn't generally see people that don't talk much in the ring, come out and, and do interaction with fans. You know, they, they pretty much just stayed in the back, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, now, big name stars, you know, that, that, that they pretty much remained in character as well, but they were also still nice to the fans because you got to realize the fans are the people that pay money to come see you. They're, they're, they're your, your meal ticket. If you piss them off too much on a personal level, they don't want to come back, you know? So, um, yeah. Are they, are they there to get an autograph? Yeah. I I've only met, um, people at the, like the bigger conventions and it's mostly WWE, WCW guys. Mm -hmm. And none of them were in character except for two years ago. I got to meet, um, JBL, and uh, Ron Simmons. Damn. And they were in character as the APA. They had like a poker table in front of them. Like that was their table. That was their booth. It was a poker table. 
they were playing cards the whole day and and they were in costume and it was it was just the APA all day absolutely <laughs> now so let me so Duran we still haven't heard from you as far as what your background is yeah <laughs> well uh i'm a little bit older than all of you here i guess i'm the old man of the group i'm 42 uh i started watching professional wrestling well back up even before i actually started watching it uh i was maybe seven or eight years old my brother my big brother uh he is about he's got about 18 years on me so uh, 15 to 18 years so he uh he was a huge wrestling fan he watched the awa uh, the USWA, all that back in the wait, day. Wait, is this a story about how your brother got into wrestling and then how you got into wrestling? Or? Well, this is this is some backstory. Uh, I feel like we need to find out how your brother got into wrestling first. No, no. He he was a wrestling fan. Let's just put it that. Uh, and on Saturday mornings, uh, you know, I was watching my cartoons. I'd get up early to watch my cartoons. And along about noon is when the wrestling shows would come on. And... I, I didn't have a, a positive or negative feeling about wrestling one way or the other uh, because I, I really didn't pay attention to it. All I knew is it was a time when my brother would come in and confiscate the television, the only television in the house, to watch wrestling. And it didn't matter if I was watching a, a TV show, I was in the middle of a TV show, uh, He it was time for his wrestling. Get out, uh, Get out of there. And then whenever he was watching it, he would get into it uh, and where I was much smaller than he was, he would, uh, if I'd come in and disturb him, he would body slam me, uh, put me in figure four leg locks, sit on my head and fart, uh, you know, uh, just different things. Uh, real heel moves. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he absolutely loved wrestling. And for that reason, I hated wrestling. It was something my, you know, I was, my big brother would, Take away my cartoons to watch this wrestling stuff. I hated it. Well, fast forward a few years later, he graduates high school uh, or has graduated high school, moved moved out of the house. And uh, this is about the time uh, shortly before WrestleMania 4. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's still buzzing about Andre the Giant being slammed by Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. Um, they were, I think it was at... Uh, uh, the Trump Plaza or something that they were they held WrestleMania for. Um, God, it's been so many years ago. Um, but uh, I started watching wrestling around then, getting a little interested in it, you know, because you know the, it, it was flashy. Uh, people, there were a lot of people in the arenas, and all. Uh, it, it just was very captivating. And slowly, I started found, finding myself as I become an older child, uh, doing the same thing my brother was, would, would do: uh, turn off the cartoons and turn on wrestling. And by the time I got into high school, uh, you know, in the early '90s, uh, I was uh, I was a big, big fan. Uh, WrestleMania six was probably at the time uh, was probably my favorite match. Uh, at the time, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it was the first time that I recall seeing two good guys go at each other 
face to face, and it, it didn't disappoint. It was a really, really good match for two guys that don't do a whole lot of flips and aerial moves. You know, they were it was powerhouse versus powerhouse. Uh, and I think they even build it as the immovable object versus the irresistible force. Uh, so it it really captivated me and uh, and solidified my love in professional wrestling. Uh, and I, I followed it through all the years, uh, attended many events. Um, first uh, live event that I attended was with my brother. Uh, and I, I will cherish that to this day. And I'll never forget it. It was at the Lee Civic Center in Fort Myers, Florida. Main event was uh, supposed to be the Ultimate Warrior versus uh, Nikolai Volkov. Uh, but, uh, and that was whenever Nikolai Volkov was, uh, was you know, the f American flag-waving Nikolai Volkov. Um, but, uh, as it were, the Ultimate Warrior was in a contract dispute with the WWF at the time, uh, and he left the promotion literally a week or two before uh, he was supposed to uh, appear at this show. So we got Sergeant Slaughter versus Nikolai Volkov. That's whenever they started running with that program. And it was also the time whenever I suddenly realized this stuff might not be on the level. Because going to the show, uh, Sergeant Slaughter versus Nikolai Volkov, as great as it sounded, was a horrible match. It was horrible. They they were no-selling each other like crazy. Uh, and uh, whenever the end of the match came, it was Sergeant Slaughter who won with his lame-ass skull drill. Uh, I mean, you could tell he was wasn't hardly even touching him on the on the head and well, we were do you remember we were, what the fan reaction was it booze there i mean it was it was absolute booze everybody around us was saying oh my god this is so fake <laughs> it was it was just crazy but that being said uh, my brother and i both went away from the show we were thoroughly entertained saw the uh, the american uh, the reintroduction of davy boy smith that night uh he hadn't even appeared on television in several years uh, since the uh, British Bulldogs had disbanded. Uh, whenever he came back, it was at the Lee Civic Center. Uh, it was in a non-televised event. And uh, see him come out there with uh, uh, Matilda, the, the, the Bulldog, was, was something. Uh, that, was, that was my first live event. Uh, I've also attended a Raw. I was at the second ever Thursday Night Thunder that was ever recorded. It was in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, got to go to a couple Monday Nitros. And if you watch, I can't remember the date, but if you watch the WWE Network, uh, there was an episode, it was in, I'm wanting to say February, uh, at the Tampa State Fairgrounds in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the entire NWO comes out to the ring and the hard camera which is the camera that shows the side of the ring, uh, was focusing on all the NWO in the ring. And then directly behind them, a uh, perfect shot was me standing there holding up a big sign, had my name on it with an arrow pointing down to me. So I'm on the WWE <laughs> Network. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, 
And I was also attended the uh, 1995 Royal Rumble, which was the uh, time when Shawn Michaels and Davey Boy both went the distance in the Rumble and in the. uh, uh, It was it was just a really awesome event. Um, That's my history as a fan of wrestling. Uh, Fast forward to. when I was married to my ex-wife, um, we were uh, going to a local promotion and uh, got to talking with uh, the promoter after the show. Uh, you know, Wildcat Chris Harris uh, from uh, TNA at the time. He was actually, at the time, one half of uh, uh, the tag team with James Storm. And they were, uh, he had uh, one of the tag team belts with him that night. Um, you know, after I had a little meet and greet with him, I was speaking with the promoter and I told him, you know, uh, you know, I have some knowledge about, you know, mu- uh, you know, how to do the music and, and stuff like that. C- could I, could I help in some way? He liked my ideas, but he, you know, he said he admitted he wasn't very tech savvy, uh, you know, that, he would be interested in hearing my ideas, but he said, uh, I'm not going to let you help. He said, unless you can prove to me, you can come to shows. He says, I want to see you at every show that we put on for the next two months. And he says, if I see you at every single show for the next two months, he says, I'll talk to you then. So I didn't miss a single show, uh, no matter where they went for the next two months. And, uh, uh, one day I was sitting uh, there at ringside uh, and he comes out and he said, uh, come, come with me. So we go back in the back and it was like mind blowing to walk through that curtain. And here's everybody in the back, you know, uh, preparing for their matches. And, uh, he says, he says, this is what, what I want you to do. You know, uh, just sit, watch and listen. And, uh, he said, uh, I want you to get acclimated to this. And then he said, uh, the next show we do, he says, bring bring your computer and everything like you said you want to do. He said, we'll try it this way. And they absolutely loved it, you know, setting up the camera so they could watch backstage. They hadn't, they hadn't done that before. It was always peeking through the little curtain, you know, looking out, uh, see, uh, you know, if somebody was waiting for their, their moment to go out and uh, interfere, it was always peeking through the curtain. Um or you know going around and looking looking around the uh, the barricade uh which they would risk getting seen that way sometimes um so uh until I came along there was actually a video camera uh set up out there that the wrestlers could actually watch what was going on backstage without having to look out the curtain or anything uh and uh, I really enjoyed that time, uh, having moments of uh, 10 to 15 wrestlers standing behind you at a time, sometimes just watching what's going on, commenting on what's going on. Uh, and then the owner on the fly, you know, uh, the booker, he would turn around and say, hey, uh, you run in, you know, uh, so- something needs to happen. Um, that was really cool. Uh, I think the coolest moment... Uh, uh, for that was um, we were having a show in Richmond, Kentucky, and uh, there was a big name uh, TNA star. Uh, some people might have heard of him. Uh, he's 
I don't know if he's relevant today or not, but uh, some guy named, some scrub named Samoa Joe uh, was uh, scheduled to be there. And uh, the main event star or champion was out in the ring. Uh, and Joe was, uh, I guess, a little bit late to the show. <laughs> People were beginning to wonder if he was going to show. And I'm sitting there behind, uh, I guess it would be the equivalent uh, equivalent of the gorilla position. I'm sitting there uh, monitoring the, the, the screen and I get a big heavy hand on my right shoulder. And I turn around and there's a CD sticking in my face and it was Samoa Joe. Uh, he says, uh, can you throw this on your, on your computer real quick? It's my, it's my music. And, uh, so I actually had some of Joe's TNA theme on my computer. I still have it to this day. And it was actually obtained directly from Samoa Joe. Uh, and, uh, whenever I got it in there, he said, uh, is it ready? And I said, yeah. He says, hit my music and, uh, just double click it and hear his music blare out over the speakers and the crowd pop that, that pop just sent chills down my spine and him popped through the curtains there and, and everybody, there was another pop, you know, uh, moments like that and, uh, and going to shows and, uh, with, uh, and, and, and working with, uh, um, the likes of, a beautiful Bobby Eaton uh, of the Midnight Express. Uh, you know, he's probably one of the most humble human beings I have ever had the opportunity to sit down and talk about professional wrestling for two hours with. He was so awesome. Um, you know, I will never trade those moments for anything. Um, but as such, uh, life happens and, uh, and I got away from, uh, from doing the independent scene. Uh, I stopped watching wrestling on television mainly because, um, money was, uh, an issue and I couldn't afford cable TV. Uh, didn't, uh, the streaming options weren't out there at the time. Uh, so I start, stopped being able to watch Monday night raw. Uh, and, uh, and it was around the end of the attitude era and for about five or six years i didn't watch any wrestling at all and uh, i i I come back into it probably about five years ago as around the time um i think cm punk was a champion at the time um so uh, and, and i followed it ever since and whenever the wwe network uh Whenever I moved in here, I, I got I got the WWE Network, follow it reg- religiously, and now, in the last couple months, I've been turned on to uh, MP- MPJW World, which is like the uh, New Japan version of WWE Network. Uh, you can watch lots of matches either in Japanese. There's a lot of English commentary on there too, but the the wrestling on there is probably the most pure wrestling I have ever watched. It's so refreshing as compared to the WWE product, which is more soap opera, I guess. You know, the emphasis is more on the on the on entertainment than the than the than the ring. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Sure. So, for for the Japanese wrestling, do you prefer the Japanese commentary or the English commentary? Uh, 
I like listening to the Japanese commentary and listening to them get all excited, but I have no freaking clue what they're saying. Uh, so I, for that reason, I prefer listening to Kevin Kelly and whoever he has as his sidekick. Um, uh, which, you know, Kevin Kelly, he worked for the WWE for a while. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was already familiar with him. And it it ex- makes me exceedingly happy to see uh, Jim Ross, good old Jim Ross, coming behind the broadcast booth for the New Japan show coming up soon in uh, Long Beach, California, uh, the, the precursor to the G1 Climax this year. Uh, to, so to watch New Japan and listen to Jim Ross call it will be will be a treat. Uh, in my opinion, but I've, I've had many experiences, uh, both as a fan and behind the curtain. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing. It's like, whether you're a fan or you're behind the scenes or you're, you know, you're in the show, there's so many aspects of wrestling that, that you can just the memories that it creates, whether you're, you're in it or just watching it. There's, there's just so many lasting emotional moments that, that stay with you. I think that's one reason why I, I still love wrestling and I'm very happy to be a fan still because it's just watching, the, watching it, you, you feel what they feel when it's done right and that, that the way that it takes you. I don't, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. But I just, I love wrestling. It's their emotional roller coaster. And, yeah. And I admit, you know, even at 42 years old, I'm not in shape in any way, shape, or form. But there is still a desire in me to to go and get trained and 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 at least have a match or two. I've I've always wanted to do that or maybe be a manager, but uh, you know you, you want to do something like that. It, it's something that I, I've always wanted to be involved with, and being able to do what I did for the short period of time, uh, which was about two years, um, that I was doing it, I never dreamed I would be able to do that. You know, and meet the mm-hmm. people that I met. You know, Jerry Lawler, uh, Bobby Eaton, uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, you know, I've met so many wonderful people uh, doing that. It was, it was, it was so great. And even as a fan, it, it, there's something to follow for everybody. You know, if, whether you like uh, the women's wrestling and the women's division now is better than it has been in in very in a long long time. I think the last great yeah. women's division they had was whenever you probably had Lita and uh oh, yeah. uh and Trish Stratus and those guys, uh, those gals. I mean uh recently it's been so so dry and it's so refreshing to see the women get treated as the guys, so they're not having five-minute matches anymore. They're not going out there, with the exception of maybe Lana, going out there to shake their boobs and show their hind end and say, hey, look, I'm pretty and I can wrestle too. You know, you got your Sasha Bankses out there. You got your Charlotte Flairs who actually have skills, you know, and and I know we'll talk a little bit about this later whenever we were talk, we'll talk about – a look back at uh, the most recent Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. Uh, there's some things about that that me as a fan and knowing a little bit about backstage stuff kind of pissed me off. And, you know, uh, 
a lot of people may look at that and go, I, you know, I, I wouldn't look at it that way. But the way I looked at it was, was, I, well, well, I will say that for later. But can I ask you this though? Because uh, I find this to be kind of a unique, unique situation. From watching wrestling before you did any behind the scenes stuff, has it been harder for you to watch wrestling now since you kind of know more of the the magic behind yeah, the kind scenes? Of like, kind of like, well. For example, Rick, you know, he he's seen how our favorite toys are made. You know, he knows how, uh, knows how it's done. And, you know, the magic might have been killed a little bit, but is he still a fan? Uh, yeah. I, I'm knowing, knowing how it's done uh, or seeing how it's done is, is one thing. But I think in all, it's kind of enhanced my enjoyment of it. Uh, I appreciate the hard work that these guys do more. And, you know, like, all you got to do is, uh, and, and I, I got to keep harping on it, watch the New Japan match from, I think it was Wrestle Kingdom 10, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. Uh, that's one of the most amazing matches I've seen. Uh, and then most recently at... Uh, um, Dominion, uh, Okada versus Kenny Omega, uh, in an hour long draw, you know, at the end of the match, you're like, Oh man, it was a draw, but damn, that was a good match. They put their hearts and souls out there. And, and from a creative perspective, I appreciate it more, I think, because of what I know, not mm -hmm. less. And it's, it's weird because I, knowing, knowing what I have seen back behind the curtains, doesn't diminish what I've actually seen now any less, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I would say for me, when I was a wrestler, it was as when I was wrestling, I found that it was kind of harder for me sometimes to enjoy some of watching the wrestling because I was always picking it apart to try to learn stuff. Or I always had that what I, you know, my, my other wrestling friends who were helping train me and my mentors, I would have what I would, feel like their commentary would be playing in the background of my brain of how they would feel about watching some of that. So I would be in a room with Chandler and I could hear his commentary to a match. And sometimes I just be like, Oh, I, I don't understand why he thinks that's good or why he thinks that's bad. Why? And so I, we found that there started to become a disconnect for us on how we enjoyed watching wrestling. And now that I'm not wrestling, I mean, it never meant that I didn't, appreciate it but now that i'm not wrestling and i'm able able to kind of come a step back and just be a pure fan again um i feel like it's able to allow me just to enjoy just whatever story is being told to me as opposed to oh they should cue that music up earlier or oh my god i don't know why that they walked in from the entrance that way that's so stupid or that that punch they threw oh they wailed it that wasn't safe mm -hmm. and so um now it's kind of a, i don't know it's i feel like it's a little bit more exciting for me i appreciate that i have the background um because it 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 moments that you see when you see a wrestler do something and you go oh i know how that feels and i know the moment that they're feeling i feel like i can identify with them and i can feel that moment so much more because i can start to empathize um uh, but at the same time, 
I'm kind of glad that I'm not wrestling and watching wrestling again because I'm able to just be like, you know what? Like, that may have not been the A match, but it still was entertaining. Like, I can still enjoy this and not be mad about that. Let me tell you guys, you guys haven't lived until you watch wrestling (laughs) with your wife. You say something and she looks you directly in the eye and calls you a fucking mark. Talking with wrestler friends that I have, you know, uh, yeah, talking with wrestler friends that I have, it, uh, you know, there's there's times that I uh, I would do things, and you know, like during intermission of shows, sometimes uh, there for a little while on my on my uh, uh, or on my MacBook, I would play, uh, you know, a mix of music during during the intermission uh, during the intermission and every now and then I'd throw in a popular wrestling theme and whenever that happened uh it would be I, I would get a look from uh, some of the wrestlers back there, back there like you're such a mark it's like but they're wrestling fans out there they're going to enjoy it you know I enjoy it they're enjoying it you know you might not but they, it's like, it's almost like they forgot how to get it Yeah, yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely attest to that. Just for my own year and a half of doing it, I think I myself got into that, sucked into that mentality, and so it's kind of refreshing to be like, you know what, like, it's totally okay to poke fun at some of this stuff, or it's totally okay to just love, flat out love that. You can just love that as much as you want, if you want to. Yeah, and it's, it's something that, that a lot of people... Uh, you know, I mean, even even I, uh, some of my friends on Facebook that are are still wrestlers, I see them post things, and they're like, you know, their comments on some of these pay per views are uh, a lot of it are, is very much in line with what uh, I, I think, but sometimes it's like, wow, that's not the take that I thought about at all, because they're looking at it from the eyes of somebody who's been in the ring and and does it on a or has done it on a regular basis. Um, but, uh, so that's a little bit of, of our wrestling backgrounds. Um, you know, in, in future shows, we'll talk a little bit more about maybe our favorite matches or favorite events that we've been to, uh, different things. Uh, if you're listening to this show or watching this show, we'd love to hear from you. What's some of your favorite matches? Uh, are you a wrestler? Have you been in the ring? Uh, do you feel the same way? Uh, that we do about this. What's your thoughts? Um, you know, there's, you know, this is wrestling, and the name of this podcast is Fans of Wrestling Everywhere. Whether you're in the United States, Australia, Canada, or or Japan, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you love wrestling, from uh, the bleacher seats or from behind the curtain, you know, we're 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 all wrestling fans. Uh, you know, love of wrestling, and I kind of want to bring up something that Chandler talked about, and because it kind of struck a chord with me, where he said, I love wrestling, but for a while I just didn't watch it, and I got out of it. And the same thing happened to me, and I, I actually got out of it during like, the tail end of the Attitude Era, after the Invasion from WCW. And I'm wondering if either of you uh, 
have also experienced that. Is that something that all wrestling fans go through where they kind of fall out of love for it for a while and they come back? Or is it just something that happened to me and then Chandler kind of got sucked into that as well? As far as, well, I you mean, love, you love wrestling, but then you, you just kind of step back for, for a few months or for a few years and say, uh, I'm not into this anymore. And then something happens where you, you just pick it up again. I say that definitely. Ha- I mean, because I wasn't a long-term re- watching it as a kid to getting older, just in my experience. Now, when I stepped away from wrestling, I did have to kind of take some time out from watching it because it was just not that it brought up memories or anything like that, but it was just like I said, you have to remember how to enjoy it as a fan again. So I would just be watching WWE shows and I'd just be like, meh, meh, meh. And, and I think too, some of the storylines for WWE just weren't sucking me in at that time. Yeah. And within the last two months, I, I think it was starting to be like, you know what? Like, I really want to watch wrestling again. Like, I want to watch it. Because we were, I wasn't maybe watching, like, the bigger shows. Like, I wasn't watching WWE. And then I wasn't watching New Japan. But I I tried during the last couple of months that I would still watch the Ring of Honor. And we were still going to Rockstar Pro shows. Um, and so for the indie shows, for Rockstar, it was always easy for me to continue to watch that. Um, just because with it being live, it was so emotional that I feel like it could suck me in and I could watch it as a, a fan. But I also knew some of those people, so I was watching it as a friend of theirs too. So I knew some of those wrestlers. Um, but for WWE, it definitely took me some time to get back into it. And now I'm kind of like, I'm kind of getting sucked in again. Like it takes me, I go in and out. And I think that's, I've heard that that kind of happens where wrestling goes in waves. Where and it, So if, if WWE isn't going well, then the independents don't go well. Like, you don't get people to come out to see any of their shows. And if WWE has a lot of people who want to watch it, then wrestling across the board starts to peak because people start getting interested in the smaller promotions and wanting to see it again. So um, I do know that there's there's a, a market way for it. And I think it also has a lot to do with, like, like right now, the current storylines, uh, it just seems like they're missing so many beats with the uh, with uh, with the with the writing right now you know uh they've for example i I've, I've beat it to death in several groups uh they have they are they have like almost all the founding members of the bullet club and the WWE main roster now uh and uh, another mm-hmm. one an, another one possibly joining very soon uh in uh Adam Cole yet yeah. they're doing nothing with these guys you know, they, you know, it's like Finn Balor comes out and he's got this Balor Club thing going on. Who the hell is the Balor Club? Balor Club? Is it the fans? Uh, what? You know, what what are they <laughs> yeah. doing? You know, that's that's one of the things about pro wrestling that can be so freaking fu- frustrating is that there's things that you know that they can do. Uh, you know, maybe they can't use the name Bullet Club for uh, for because that's a New Japan. Uh, term that uh, that they have the rights to, or you know, it's p it's still PG thirteen, so Bullet yeah. Club probably wouldn't work. But well, l- let me I, ask, let me ask you real- this: Listen, you, you just talked about missed storylines and beats, but what about the Hardys then? Yeah, 
because we're just waiting for them. Like, is that another one that we're? Do you think we'll get? I'll, I'll throw this out to everyone. Are broken we going to get the broken Hardys in in WWE? I think that's more of the uh, a lawsuit thing with the name. I think if they can have their name and know that they're not going to get in trouble for it, they would totally do it. There's actually a I, recent interview on yeah. the network where they interviewed both the Hardys and. Uh, they said it is not a matter of if they will do it. it uh, Matt uh, Hardy himself said it's a matter of when. They just got to get some things hammered out. They said Broken Matt Hardy uh, and uh, Jeff Hardy, for that matter, are still out there. They just can't do it. And he said all these all these people out there uh, that yell delete, 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 keep doing it because it'll be mm-hmm. relevant again. You know. Yeah. And I was yeah. going to say, too, and I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off, Chandler. Um, it's okay. But it's... It's, I think it's one of the hard things that WWE might have with some of the storyline stuff or with how to use some of the wrestlers is there are different styles of wrestling, um, you know? And that's what, I mean, that's one thing that makes wrestling so interesting is because there's lucha, there is high-flying, so there are... the the old school matches that have a very specific good guy, bad guy, how they kind of have that match flow. And then there's the ones that it's just punch, 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 flip, 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 dive, 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 and it's all action. And so in the independence, in order to get big, because you want WWE to look at you, you're busting your ass. Like you're working as hard as you can. You're trying to learn as much interesting stuff as you can so you can get noticed just so that you can get pulled to WWE. But then once you get to WWE, well then WWE has to realize that you're now a commodity where you're wrestling all this time. So they can't have you do some of that really dangerous stuff because if you get hurt, you're off the roster and you're a paycheck. So I think that's one of the biggest issues that WWE has is do they want to risk the wrestlers getting hurt with some of this stuff. And also, do they like the high-flying style? Do they like that well, fast-paced Japanese style? You know, style? jumping off know. what you're saying there, uh, uh, a good example is Finn Balor, who, you know, whenever he he wrestled his ma- that match against Seth Rollins for the uh, uh, Universal Championship, he put it all out there. Yeah. And he got hurt. And since he's come back, he has not wrestled that same way since. We wanted to think of Hideo. Like, how much have we ever got a chance to see him? Yeah. Because he got hurt so quickly, and then it's just, boom. You know? I know yeah. we're all sitting here waiting for Tyson Kidd to come back, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. our thoughts and prayers are with him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think just in general, um, you know, it's, it's really hard. Like, I think the rise of the independence to the point where, you know, PWG and ROH, even though I, I – don't necessarily, I mean, they have a TV deal, so I don't know how independent they actually are, but you know, a a lot of these, a lot of these gimmicks and storylines, um, you know, when WWE kind of picks these people off, I think they're kind of hesitant. And I think rightfully so in a lot of cases to just go, go on and just, just throw them in kind of as is, uh, as they were operating in the independent sometimes, because if it, if it doesn't work and sometimes it doesn't, right? Like the, the average WWE fan. And when I say average, it's not us, right? Cause we're doing yeah. a podcast about wrestling. Like that's not yeah. original. Um, you know, they don't, they don't may not care about the bullet club or ever heard about anything of it. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. 
And then if they kind of don't build it up properly and don't release it properly, then they've just kind of burned through this, this maybe like, you know, million dollar gimmick idea. And I think specifically with the Hardy boys and, and, and the whole broken gimmick, clearly there's a bunch of people that know what it is, but, but I think it's more meaningful if they actually have to work up to do it, it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like if he just started doing it, then that's like a cool callback, but it's not necessarily, you know, it, it's kind of like a cover song, right? They're, they're, they're covering their TNA gimmick as opposed to building it up with the WWE, which by the way, like Vince would never want to do that. Right. And anything he does, he wants it to be his mm-hmm. because he did it because, because he's, that's, that's just how he is. Um, and so, you know, to kind of do it in a way that is 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 natural and kind of <coughs> kind of see that broken gimmick building up and then actually have it happening rather than just saying, hey, you know who these guys are. Here's broken Matt Hardy. Um, but, you know, love them. Maybe this is a rhetorical response to that. But mm-hmm. at what point does a gimmick own the wrestler and not the wrestler own the gimmick? At what point does the gimmick totally encompass that person and they're that you if expect, the undertaker went when you to see that WCW, person you expect that that persona yeah yeah like yeah. If, the, if the undertaker went to wcw during the attitude area or when a lot of people were jumping ship if he was anyone but the undertaker could he have been accepted probably not i, I mean you could make an argument that he came back as like the you know olympics get biker mm-hmm. dude right but which was probably his least liked version of The Undertaker. <laughs> but I'm like, I kind of think that the Hardys are in that weird spot where I feel like their gimmick owns them now. And it's kind of, it's like, just get get to the point already. Get Get to the exciting part already. Well, one of the things about professional wrestling is that, um, if you do a certain thing for so long, it will get stale. You've got to constantly reinvent yourself. Uh, and a good case in point uh, of, of something that was highly successful that literally fizzled out is the NWO. You know, it started out as this underground movement that turned into something that caught fire. It lit, it literally encompass the not only the wrestling world but it touched pop culture as well uh and uh the nwo and the dx thing you know eventually nwo by the end in wcw it just kind of like faded into nothingness they there was nothing there's not a a single storyline that uh, it basically killed off the NWO. And then whenever the WWE brought them back after they absorbed WCW, uh, they were, it was just back down to Hogan, Hall, and Nash, and maybe X-Pac, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I think when you say that, though, I feel like it's a matter of also finding a character that can transcend time. Because... I mean, The Undertaker was still relevant to this day with that character because of the fact that it was one of those things that it was timeless as a character. Whereas I think NWO was very specific to what was happening at the present time in the world as itself and within wrestling, that at some point 
it, it can't be relevant anymore because as society changes, as wrestling changes, something like that, people just don't, people aren't looking for that anymore. And, and there's still a, a natural evolution of the characters. Like the Undertaker, at the end, he was back to the the coat and the hat, the dead man, and and the Taker mm-hmm. music. But I mean, there were certain things like, you know, the urn was gone. You know that gimmick. Okay, that was a little too early '90s ish. Well, so Paul, that was Paul Bearer's passed away too, so that didn't that didn't. Yeah, sure. and you know, I guess you know that does affect it as well. Uh, but he still wore, you know, the MMA gloves, the heavy gloves. And I, I guess evolution of a character takes place uh, during a long career, such as the Undertaker's career. But I still think that some guys will forever be trapped in their character and they're just never going to be able to come out of it. And I'll throw another example. Let's just say the Godfather came back to wrestling, right? Could he ever come back to Papa Shango? No, he's always and forever going to be the Godfather. Yeah. Although I would, I would actually, I would actually <laughs> argue at this point now, uh, you love the Godfather with like, with the Ho train. I, I think Papa Shango might have a better chance of being seen on TV than, than the Godfather <laughs> with the Ho train. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how well that would play right now. <laughs> yeah, that and that you know, and that goes with the, the WWE and the way they're uh, the way they do things. You know, uh, fifteen years ago, something like the Bullet Club, they would have thought uh, they wouldn't even thought twice about doing that. I mean, who cares if it's PG or not? You know, back then they were showing nearly bare breasts on te- television. You know, with uh, with uh, who was it, Jackie? Uh, on yeah. one of the pay-per-views, actually buried her breasts on, te- on, yeah, on yeah. live television. Or so, Mae West, or was that? Uh, May Young. <laughs> yeah. Young. Wasn't yeah. there uh, Rena? Didn't she, she uh, do something too? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, 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 Edge and Lita did the live sex show on but, Raw. You know, right. Yeah. Which they yeah. actually did take their clothes off under the covers, you know. So... <laughs> um, it was, and then there's there's characters like Suicide. Well, I like the idea of that character, but you know WWE will never have a character called Suicide. No. Well, there's certain lines that I think the WWE, as a large entity that is that is well known around the world, uh, they they have a certain level of uh, of okay, this is where the line is, and we can't cross that. Uh, but to be a professional wrestling organization, whether you're independent or the WWE, you've always, in order to stay relevant and in the public's eye, you've got to find ways to push the envelope, get people talking about you, whether it's positive or negative, uh, and get them to notice you. And if they get, uh, you know, whether somebody comes to check you out, say, oh, well, let's see how bad this really is. You know, it's I got an as, argument for that. I got an argument for this. Let me ask you this. The whole thing between uh, Bray Wyatt and JoJo right now of allegedly yeah. them having an affair <laughs> over the last couple of years. Yeah. So uh, people are talking about it. Do you think that's going to positively impact his career right now? Or do you think it, it doesn't matter? Or 
Let's be Does honest. anyone think they're going to hold him off? Uh, uh, Dolph I mean, they, Ziggler, there is a history of them not booking him well. Dolph Ziggler has been piping girls backstage for years, and it's well documented. You know, different uh, different female stars. Uh, and, and another example is Batista and Melina. They were having an affair back, uh, you know, uh, you know, away from the arena uh, for a while, and it didn't hurt either one of their careers. What got Melina fired from the WWE was her attitude. You know, she 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 was back to uh, basically a, a a bad a bad egg backstage from what I all right. So I answer, but you didn't answer my question though. You know what? Uh, will it uh, you, negatively? If, no. Well, I'm, I'm giving an example. Well, uh, you okay. Know, all right. Well, all right. It Don, didn't Don hurt Sister their. It didn't hurt. Thing. No, it didn't hurt their careers. So why should it hurt Bray Wyatt? If he's. If I he's don't been, think it would hurt his career if they're not creating a stir. Yeah. That's like detrimental behind the scenes. That's like, this is JoJo. Every most dudes are like JoJo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't think many people care, know Bray's wife, and so I think most dudes are like, yeah, JoJo. And if if they're not causing controversy behind the scenes that's affecting his ability to wrestle or her ability to do her job, then no one's going to care. Yeah. Look, I'm not, I feel I'm not like. passing judgment. I'm just... If they were to do something... I'm just commenting on something yeah. that, that's If they were happening. to do something uh, or create yeah. an awkward moment on air, I could see how it could impact yeah. negatively both of their yeah. careers. It's not like so, the, there's porn coming out between them, yeah, so yeah. unless that, that yeah. might... Right. Oh, yeah, well, and, you know, and actually... Paige? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, so, and this is... And, and I'm, I'm mostly mostly kidding when I say this in case I get in trouble, but <laughs> it's very it's very interesting to me how, how in a weird way, uh, Seth, Seth Rollins' dick pic have saved the careers of like four or five people. Because when that when that picture was released and they didn't fire him and they didn't do anything, when the Page stuff came out, when the Charlotte stuff came out, when the Xavier Woods stuff came out, WWE, while uh, none of those people were on Seth Rollins' level as far as like popularity, I would say maybe or like how much they're invested in them, and they, and because they didn't fire Seth Rollins, they couldn't fire uh, any of them. So in in a weird way, him <laughs> him sending a pic of his wiener uh, on his phone. Has has kind of set the bar for how WWE kind of handles these things uh, move, moving forward, and so I think I think I don't now with Paige. I think eventually they're going to move away from her just because of some of the other stuff going on. And while they'll never say the pictures are the reason we're firing you, certainly it's 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 got to be it's got to be a reason. They even poked um, fun about it with the New Day uh, and Xavier. Sure. Yes, they sure. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Biggie and Xavier even made mentions of it, so it's like they've made nods to it. But, but I feel like I feel like even like five, ten years ago, if that happened, like they'd be gone. Like they'd be they'd be out of here. And and so my answer to you, Rick, is I I think I don't unless there's other stuff going on and they want him gone anyways. And this is kind of the last straw. I don't I don't think it should. And then, and, you know, and really, at the end of the day, I don't it doesn't. Affect uh, that's that's really none of my business. And I, you know, it, it's 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 whatever. But, um, you know, I, I would I would hate for something like that to, to kind of bleed over because they think the fans are are the ones calling for him to, you know, not be there. Right. Like it, it's it, it, you know, I mean, 
Vince McMahon had a storyline where he was basically cheating on his comatose wife right. with Trish, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like right. If, and now if, she's in Washington. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 if perception is reality, then, you know, Vince kind of, you know, screwed the pooch on this one a long time ago. So, so I don't know, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. And it's, it's, um, I think the if, they, being, if there's anything right now is, yeah, I yeah. think if there's anything that makes the company look bad, uh, that's whenever they would, should step in and actually do something uh, to uh, to reprimand or punish the the actual wrestlers. But we're talking about things that are really on a personal level. They're 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 they might be hurting their own personal image as uh, as uh, he's a rotunda. I, I can't remember his actual name, but he might be hurting his real life. Per, uh, image, but Bray Wyatt, him sleeping with JoJo really has nothing to do with WWE. You know, it, it's, it's, you don't know the situation. Maybe his sure. marriage was over. I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Do you feel like that most people are just kind of null to that though with wrestling? Because I feel like to me, you hear that stuff happen between WWE superstars all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, feel like I, I am a little null. heartbroken Boy. that Dolph Ziggler and my girl Dana have broken up. <laughs> well, it's uh, I mean, it's kind of like uh you know, relationships between wrestlers happen all the time like uh, like Ashley said, you know, uh, um uh, uh you know, I'm trying to think of some uh, some famous ones that are well, I mean, you got the Miz, the Miz yeah, the Miz Reese, and then uh, John, uh, Cena. Uh, John Cena. Absolutely. Daniel Bryant. Um uh Brock and Sarah. There was uh, oh, uh was Rina Marrow and uh Brock. Yeah. So I mean, it's nothing. I wonder new. who has the bigger fake breast, him or her. <laughs> I I only say that because he takes steroids, not because he has breast implants. But you know, it it's something that I think is more of on a personal level. And if they do something like like I said on on air, that would be detrimental to what they're trying to do. For example, if Bray Wyatt was to make some kind of motion. Uh, a gesture or uh or say something to Jojo on air that is out of character or misplaced that would hurt his character image and thus d- diminish his usability for the the WWE. I could see them stepping in for that. But this is something okay, that's me... happened behind closed doors and I I say leave it at that. All right, so let me let me add a follow-up question to that. And I'm I'm just asking the question. Uh we have rumors that Bo Dallas might join the, the coven of, of Wyatt. Uh, do you think that could affect Bo Dallas's ability to join his brother? Or do you think they could enhance or not have an issue? It could go either way. I think it could. If I think, go ahead. If Vince thinks that he can make money off of something, he's going to do whatever he can to make money off of something. So I think regardless of what's happening, if if he thinks that there that it's a a valuable storyline, he's going to keep moving forward. And then if he just on a whim decides that he doesn't like it anymore, because I feel like that's that's the story I hear is Vince is sort of like a it's whatever he feels and goes with. So you kind of if you rub him the wrong way, you can make a decision on fly. I sort of feel that if Bo Dallas joins the Wyatts, that he should do it as Sister Abigail. 
Is anyone with me on that? <laughs> I mean, that See, would be a twist. Right? I always wanted, when Crazy Mary came up to NXT, I really, really, really wanted them to bring Crazy Mary up to be Sister Abigail. Well, I thought that would have been amazing. A long time, right? I know, and I really yeah. wanted that to be true because I love, I love her. She's amazing, and I thought that that would be such a fitting character for her to just join the Wyatts. And now I feel like they don't know how to utilize her right now. I'm telling you, Bo Dallas should be Sister Abigail. <laughs> He's got the long hair; it'd be That's great. Like Keeps that. the beard; it'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I think, I think, just in general, and. While it's it's there's there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan, I don't think, just as far as like content out there. Like, you know, I mean, I, I would I would argue that even though, you know, the legends of the 70s and 80s and Attitude Era, as far as top, top to bottom in ring ability, um, I, I, I'm not sure the WWE has ever had as much talent as it has as it has right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. And one of the things that I think works in its, uh, as a benefit and as a, as a downside is that there's just so much content. I mean, they're running so many shows each week. Yeah. Um, and the good news is that if you love wrestling, there's a lot of it for you. The bad news is there's no way to keep up with it. But one of the benefits of wrestling. So it's all, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, 205, it's, on, it's, on. <laughs> it's always on in her room. And she's hard of hearing well, too, so it's loud. Sure. When you, when you work in uh, and everything, it's uh, finding time to watch it all is a problem. Sure, I, I admit three hours of Raw. I, I had I do not have time to do that. I watched the hour and a half version okay. on Hulu. Hulu, yeah, Hulu cuts where it's at. But <laughs> the the good news is that is that if if Vince doesn't want to address something or WWE, they just won't talk about it. And then there's so much other stuff going on that in a week, the whole JoJo Braith thing everyone's gonna be like oh yeah whatever i mean i don't care it's you know even, even if it was a really big deal if, you, if they just don't talk about it for a week and don't address it or do anything there's gonna be another you know there's gonna be a, a women's money in the bank ladder match that everyone's super pissed about so no one's talking yeah. about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's no one's no, no one's talking about brain joe yeah right so okay so we we've, we've been talking for a while now um probably get closer to wrapping up our debut show the test yeah. show the prototype but let me ask a question of, uh, of the panel today. Um, uh, I'll start with Chandler. Uh, we'll just keep it to WWE for right now sure. because you said there's so much uh, different content. Best show from WWE right now. 205 NXT, SmackDown, Raw. Um, I would say uh, as far as enjoyment, I think I think SmackDown right now. Um, I think it fits in. It fits into my schedule. Um, I, I like what, what they were doing uh, with kind of the shakeup in the women's division. I like. I like bringing Charlotte over. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, I would. I would say. I would say SmackDown is probably the best thing they're putting out right now. Okay, uh, Ashley. Same question. Yeah, it's kind of the same for me. We're kind of in the same boat with that. I can't just. I can't say he's stealing my thunder. You, you I'm kind guys of are married and you live together. But, so I mean, yeah. we have, we're have we watching on the same TV. So. Yeah. But the thing is, so it's like, I wish that 205 would be doing better. I wish more people would be into that. I think that's the same thing that we were talking a little bit earlier with Styles. Um, people who, so, of, fans of WWE guys only know, yeah, they only know WWE style guys. They're big guys that that's strong. You have to be really, like, that's the idea of the character. That's what WWE was. And and these are real 
those people haven't watched independent shows in 205 or all your independent stars. So for someone like me who gets really excited to see some of those 205 guys, I don't think WWE knows how to use them or get the crowd behind them because they're just not excited about that. The, the, major, the, the, you know, the cookie cutter WWE fan can't, doesn't know how to be excited by that, so it doesn't get used right. Um, but at the, So I think that's also why SmackDown is doing so well. It's just because it has a lot more of that, that, that WWE-style talent and the good talent on it and that they're just writing it better. So let me ask you and only you a follow-up question. Is there someone on the roster you'd like to see go to 205? <sighs> like you're saying that's just on the main roster right now? And then you yeah, gotta... that, that could potentially you know, slim down or fix into that category for 205. Mm. This is a test. No, I mean, for me, I mean, I would never, to be honest, I would never really want somebody to go to the 205 slot because then they're not going to be utilized right. Like, I feel like that's a death sentence because, like, Neville was not doing too bad and now he's 205 and you don't get to see much of him and it's just bleh. Like, Neville, when he got pulled up, he, people were really into him and now no one cares. Yeah, but he's got the belt. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Duran, um, I mean, not many people care what you think, but... Best show. Nobody cares. Uh, I think hands down NXT. Uh, I, I feel that it's a more pure wrestling show, less Gab, more wrestling. Um, I understand that Gab has a place in wrestling, but there is a such thing as too much. And NXT basically focuses on what they're doing in the ring more than what they're saying with their uh, mouth. Um, that being said, I think out of all the brands so far, uh, 205 Live is the weakest. I agree with uh, uh, what Ashley said. It doesn't get the exposure because a lot of people, they just don't know what to do with those guys. And there's a lot of great talent there. Um, I, I love TJP. He's great. But so they don't know what to do with Should 205 and NXT be merged? I don't think any, any of it should be merged. I just, I just think they need to figure out what they want to do with it. Uh, but that being said, I don't even watch 205 Live now. I don't have time for it. Uh, but I do at least keep up with who's champion and who's relevant right now. Um, Raw is probably the, uh, the the next worst, in my opinion, because they are they have a three-hour show, and it's like they they just they come out there for 20 minutes to kick off the show and stand and talk yeah. and nothing happens. Uh, and you know, they've gotten away from that in the last year though. They've, that's kind of changed a little bit. Uh, they still do it to, uh, to an extent. Uh, yeah, but, but it's not like the first 25 minutes of the show anymore. No, but I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I really tired. I understand. They've also got a three hour show and they have a lot of talent. That they that they need to showcase and get out there and get some exposure, but I'm afraid that they're going back into the pitfall that they ha they fell into at the uh, around the Attitude Era and what at the downfall of the Attitude Era. They're throwing out these five ten minute matches that are forgettable and nobody cares about. And then the main event is always a teaser throwaway match, and by that I mean it's 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 a match that's meant to set up something else. But 
they always throw it away. There's not a real payoff at the end of it. Somebody always runs in. It's a double count out, uh, you know, some interference. Uh, you know, back in the Attitude Era, there was always that, that try for a ratings grab, and they would have an occasional championship title change on, on the main event of Raw or the main event of SmackDown. How often does that happen lately? Trying to think, the last title change on Raw was Roman Reigns. What was when it? he won the, his first championship? The women's belt uh, went back and forth. Oh, that's yeah, like every other week. Like that Charlotte was kind of like, like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they yeah. Uh, that was just to build up uh, Charlotte uh, and say so she can say she's a multiple time champion like her daddy, you know. Uh, and that's another thing that I have a problem with uh, with the current WWE product is that they are, you know, it, it, it harkens back to the old Goldberg statistic. You know, he's 155 and 0. You know, it's like he, he's. I think we officially have to call it the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's not, now <laughs> yeah. you know, they're applying that same, same mentality to Oscar, you know. Uh, but. Um, you know, you're you're building up a person in a short amount of time, and it's it's like they've built up Charlotte in the last like four years. Like she's like a, a ten year veteran. You know, she's been wrestling in the WWE for what five years or less, something like that. Yeah, you it's know. So, so uh, and that's in, including her NXT uh, time. So. It just it just seems a little forced, in my opinion. Um, but getting back to uh, to the original question, you know, I, I, I like SmackDown as far as the uh, the the two top tier shows, Raw and SmackDown. I prefer SmackDown. Uh, I think they got the better talent, and I think they use the talent a little better on there um, than they than they are on Raw. Right now, there's uh, on Raw. They're just so concentrated on. Roman Reigns and his lack of skill in any way, shape, or form, uh, and pushing him against Braun Strowman, who is clearly, he's a big guy. He needs to be a badass. Nobody, you know, at first nobody cares about him, but it's working. You know, now when his music hits, the crowd pops. Yeah. It's know. one of those things, like, when you look at old, uh, like, King of the Rings and stuff like that, and you see Braun Strowman before he was Braun Strowman, and like he's been in the WWE for like at least ten years, right? On and off, mm-hmm. playing different characters. Uh, I'm glad to see that he finally found one that it's him. Like when Steve Austin became Stone Cold Steve Austin, he finally found the right one that was him. Uh, and when Sting donned the black and white uh, makeup, you know that was that's. Sting, you know, reinvented himself. Going back to what you were saying, owned by before. his gimmick. Yeah, reinvented. Okay, so here's my last question for you guys. Uh, Deron, you I like the sound of yourself, your voice. Though, didn't you? Don't you need to tell us your feelings on this? Well, I'm more mysterious, <laughs> uh, but I, I am. I love Sorry. SmackDown, but uh, there's something about the 205 guys that I really like because they're more agile. That they can do things that you don't see the heavyweights do. And uh, being from a martial arts background, I get very jealous of their abilities. Uh, and I constantly 
I like watching it to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for the stories. But SmackDown is the better show. So, Duran, because I love the sound of your voice. Yes. Um, last question from me. Who would you like to see brought back into the fold? Not debut, but brought back. Brought back to the WWE. Brought back. In some way, shape, or form. NXT, you know, SmackDown, Raw, whatever. Uh, Who's got an answer ready? I, I really don't have an answer for that right now. Chandler. <laughs> I think his computer froze. Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, I think his computer froze. Uh, can I just say that I want Bob back more? I love Bob Backlund. <laughs> I know he was Bob by a little bit. <laughs> uh, when I lived in Connecticut, uh, he was, uh, he owns Backlund Oil, and he would deliver uh, oil in my in my neighborhood. He would drive yeah. the oil trucks up, and it says Backlund Oil, and it was him. He'd say hi. And wow. he, he did die, did he give you the chicken wing? No, no but I should have gotten a picture with him. I, I never stopped to get out to talk to him because I didn't. Buy oil from him. Yeah. But uh, Backland Oil. Uh, all right. Uh, Chandler, are, are you with us? Who you got? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would I would, uh, I would. think the um, – there was this character called Ashley Madison. I wouldn't mind seeing her <laughs> make, a, make a return. No, but she was never there. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I, I think I think the – the kind of like legends and 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 the, the the people that have come back, like I I really enjoy seeing them, but like there was that one uh, Royal Rumble where uh, Bubba Ray Dudley came back mm. and it was a huge pop. It was incredible. Like everyone freaked out because it was in Philly. Um, and then like two weeks later, everyone was like, eh, whatever, he's back. I guess that's that's cool. Dudleys are back. But I don't know. Like I think I think what like Shawn Michaels. Uh, is doing and has said is like, you know, I'm not going to be one of these guys that just comes back, right? Because I think just in general, um, wrestling is all about expectations and either fulfilling the expectation or subverting it. Like, you know what's going to happen or uh, because they do it all the time, like, you know, the five moves of doom or whatever or a finisher that always finishes people. And then so you expect that and then all of a sudden you subvert that expectation and that's when it becomes amazing, right? So... The fact that Shawn Michaels uh, is kind of like, I'm not coming back. And for all intents and purposes, he may not. But because he's saying that all the time, if he does come back, it's going to be it's going to be the biggest thing ever. Right. So I guess I guess with that line of reasoning, I guess probably Shawn Michaels. I think I have an answer myself now, too. Uh, I would have to say uh, with with an asterisk uh, on a uh, in a wrestling role, I would like to see Kurt Angle return uh with a, the possibility of american alpha being his new hoss and benjamin uh, i would like to I, I would like to see kurt angle while he still has some wrestling years in him uh come back and show some of these young young bucks how how it's done uh, i really miss Kurt Angle, you know, I mean, it's not enough for him to to walk out and the, uh, and the fans uh, yell "You suck," and him just get in the ring and talk on a mic. 
He he is so much more than that. And we know that he can still wrestle. He's done it recently. You know, uh, he even made an independent in appa- uh, appearance before he re-debuted in the WWE uh, at the uh, Hall of Fame. So I, I would like to see Kurt Angle return to, uh, return to the ring, not just backstage. I think they're working up to it, though. We can talk about that on another store. Yeah, I think Corey Graves is a whole part of that thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a team of Daniel Bryant, Kurt Angle, and Corey Graves, and they're going to be called the Comebacks. <laughs> but Daniel Bryan can't wrestle because of the concussion thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Whether it's in WWE or somewhere else, I don't know. So you know, before we wrap all this up. Let's take a quick look back at Money in the Bank and a quick look ahead at great gonads of fire, great balls of fire uh, coming up here. Um, you guys, uh, we'll start with Ashley, uh, ladies first. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on uh, Money in the Bank real quick? We're not going to go yeah. match by match. Yeah. We'll just. There was a lot of it to me, the, the setup was a little bit disappointing when they when they finally finished some of the matches. I think that was the hardest part for me watching Money in the Bank. Um, I think for me they they let out purpose I feel like they purposely let out with the ladder women's ladder match, knowing that it would piss people off. So they had to have other matches to bring the crowd back up. That's why it couldn't be later in the show. Um, and I think I was I think that tone of it just kind of set the whole show off for me. So um, Chandler can kind of describe more his feelings on it too. Okay. Right here. Uh, well, Jump over to Rick. Let Rick talk about it, and then we'll come back. Well, to Rick, Rick had to step away for a second, so I guess while he's he's coming in there, I'll talk about uh, mine. Um, my thoughts on it overall: it was a mediocre pay per view. Um, I liked uh, the 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 main event ladder match. I thought was great. I just didn't like how it ended. Uh, I thought right. it was kind of a cop out. Um, the women's match, I, I agree with the general sentiments that it was a, uh, it was done to piss people off. Uh, I kind of see now that seeing what they've said on SmackDown, I see that they're that they have a plan with that, so it had a purpose. Um, the the high spot with uh, the the Usos and in uh, the New Day with. Uh, uh, big, with uh, Kofi doing the trust fall, that was amazing. But uh, the 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 count out finish, uh, just another frustrating thing. It's like you take a great match and throw it away. They could have did that on Raw, honestly. Um, but I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do with the uh, with the Baron Corbin as the main eventer. Uh, as their, uh, I'm sorry, as the main event. I'm sorry, Money in the Bank winner uh it's kind of right. got me curious yeah uh, so uh go ahead Chandler. yeah 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 so i yeah i, I think i i agree with the with the, with the women's match i think you know that's everyone's been talking about that anyways my favorite match was definitely the uh tag match between the new day and the usos i think the usos are, are um just incredibly underrated and specifically as heels they're just doing really great work the new day um you know, I think still prove that they're 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 more than just a comedy act right now, which is great. 
And I actually, I, I think, I think the comparison between the money in the bank match, the women's match and the tag match is two things that were meant to piss you off, but did it in different ways. One was right and one was wrong. In the women's match, it was, you know, he could he could have just interfered and she could have won, and then it wouldn't have been this whole like, you know, well, a man had to do it for a woman type type of thing, which I'm kind of, you know, that, that, that's kind of that's how the I'm crux. feeling. That's the crux of as, why as, I'm pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah, as as where with the um, the the new day and Usos, like that was that whole thing of expectation of being like, okay, here's what you want, here's what you want, here's what you want. We're not going to give it to you, so that when they do finally take it from the Usos, it's going to be a huge thing. Um, and I think I think it was disappointing, but in a way that I enjoyed, and in, in, in a and in a way that I think is going to pay off later, as opposed to. Um, as opposed to the way the women's match was, it was just kind of like, I, 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 I think it way and it would have been just as impactful and would have pissed people off just as much. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on uh, the uh, gender versus uh, Randy Orton match? I think it was fine. Um, I, I think um, I have a hard time ever putting Randy Orton in that baby face role just because he comes across and, and I mean, no, no offense to him. I don't know him as a person and, but just his, his general bravado is just such dickish to me and just kind of a, an asshole. Like it's very hard for me to be like, yeah, go, 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 you know, go Randy. Like I don't, you know, I just don't feel that way about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, gender, I think for, for, you know, for all the reasons that a lot of people don't like him. Um, you know, he's, uh, I think, you know, he's a, he's a heel champion, right. And he's, he's kind of that person that can make you cheer anyone that he's going up against, which, um, I, I think, I think sometimes is really hard to do in, in today's kind of, you know, independent, uh, internet wrestling fandom where, um, you know, everyone wants to cheer the cheer the bad guys and 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 boo the good guys. And having a, having a bad guy champion that people boo is uh, is is a commodity, and it, it it helps, right? It it's that's the way you get people over, right? Is is you you put them up against someone they hate, and then they start cheering them. So, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, it it didn't it didn't light the world on fire for me, but um, it certainly what do you? It, it certainly made sense. Let me ask you a question. What do you think? How would you compare, I guess, uh, Jinder Mahal and the Bollywood Boys, uh, or I'm sorry, the Singh Brothers, uh, to JBL and the Bashams? I'm so so JBL and who again? The Basham Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that 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 may have happened during my uh, blackout with uh, with wrestling. Was was that kind of like in the basically, early like the mid to late two thousands? Yeah, the ba- the Bashams were along the same same uh, uh, line as the uh, as the Singh brothers. They uh, they were there to interfere on behalf uh, behalf of JBL. They were always at the ring at, at ringside, uh, uh, much in the same way as. Um, Seth Rollins and uh, uh, Jamie Noble and um, and uh, 
having a brain. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's it's basically they're there to ensure that he keeps the championship, regardless of whether or not he fails at his uh, his attempts to cheat or anything. They they're there to kind of uh, offer a distraction and and what have you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think that's, it's, it's just kind of different ways of getting heat, right? Like yeah. if, 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 yeah. sorry, the dogs are being, <laughs> we're being uh, uncooperative. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think if, if people, if, if the management thinks that, um, you know, a person isn't getting as much heat as they need to, then, you know, you, you, you kind of throw some. Uh, you know, some, some, some ring workers on the side that are clearly there to, um, to interfere, um, you know, and again, that, that, that kind of plays like the expectation thing where, you know, they're there, you know, they're going to interfere and you know, they're probably going to cost the good guy the match. Um, and they do that so that, you know, one time the good guy is going to get, going to get the better of him and he's, he's going to, he's going to, you know, actually take out the the guys on the ring or someone else is going to come out and help him take out the guys in the ring and then the good guy finally gets the gets 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 the win over the over the the, the cheating bad guy right so i mean it's it's it, it's it's a very old trope and i think it's one that even though we're kind of in this post kayfabe uh wrestling time i think it's still one that works and i think it's it's one that um uh is it it it, it, it works for a reason and i think is the reason why why you know a lot of people say that like vince only only wants to put the title on certain types of people and it's it's generally big big muscly guys and i i don't necessarily think it's because um he has a thing for them i think it's it's more of a longevity thing right yeah where the bigger guys don't do as more as high-flying dangerous moves therefore they're less likely to get hurt therefore they're not going to have to change storyline halfway through WrestleMania season because you know they got a concussion right and they they can't wrestle any longer you know i.e. you know uh, Daniel Bryan right so um so yeah I mean I don't you know I don't uh, I don't necessarily think that it's um the the only thing that I think maybe maybe bugs me is that um the level of the title I think you know I kind of get I kind of get upset when um when the heavyweight match, the championship match, isn't the last match, just because I think you're creating this perception that it's not the most important thing on the show, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so even even though I would agree that, like, I think the Money in the Bank match is more exciting, um, more of an exciting match, and people will probably watch that over the gender match, I just, I, I think if you want, if, if you want the title to matter, and if you want... You know, winning that briefcase to matter, then putting putting the match on before the Money in the Bank match kind of goes against that. I think so. I, I think that was probably my only my only problem with the match is that it well, wasn't last. They've they've even done that on Raw had a, had the WWE title match yep. you know, or the Universal title match and it not be the main event. You know, it's like sure. it kind of de- defeats the purpose of the title, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so, so Rick, uh, your your thoughts on looking back on the Money in the Bank match? What uh, or Money in the Bank pay per view? What's your? Uh, oh God! <coughs> uh, uh, I don't mind that Carmella won. I just 
I I really hate James Ellsworth. I really do. I don't. I, I don't think like he's his run his course. He when the thing with Dean ended, that should have been that should have been the end of it. Uh, really disappointed that the first woman's Money in the Bank match ended that way, and that they have to redo it on SmackDown. And it's almost like, what's the point? What was the point of that then? If we have to redo it, almost makes it not special for me anymore. Yeah. So now I think what we need to do is a women's money in the bank, tables, ladders, and chairs steel cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, agree. With with steel cage made out of barbed wire. Now that (laughs) that is main event. Yeah. That makes me uh, make, makes me wonder, Ashley. What was the most mm-hmm. outrageous match that you actually participated in as a wrestler? Um, I mean, that's I was very new, so they didn't put me into many dangerous matches or anything like that because I, you know, I always had to have someone. I I, I was very t- easy to tell that I was new because I could get lost in like a deer in headlights. Yeah. So well, it was really fun. Um, and I would say that my matches could be entertaining. It was really easy to tell that I, I was learning. Um, the as a manager, the 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 funnest like match I had though was they had me do a handcuff match to where I was handcuffed to another manager of the opposing um, uh, stable that, that we were we were fighting against. That's actually kind of so, fresh. <laughs> that that yeah. sounds really cool. So that cool. was a lot yeah. of fun. Because um, we had basically, I had a stable of guys called the P10s, uh, which was four guys, and um, they, I managed them, and we were wrestling against another group of individuals who was like the four monsters. So it was a woman who she had basically gathered all of these really like um, like bruiser type wrestlers to kind of come against my stable because my stable was much more of the we were all very egotistical um, and very loud mouth and thought that like we were just the me- most beautiful, cause the P10s, you know, you're the most beautiful, wonderful, hottest thing that's out there. And so, so basically like Rick, her- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So basically because of my behavior, cause I was a bad guy, um, they decided that in order to keep me from being able to do anything to interfere with the match, I would be handcuffed to the other manager. And um, that was a lot of fun because the person I w- who I was, who was the other manager in real life, she and I were friends. So we were able to have a lot of fun with it. And um, usually the thing is when you know somebody, you have been to um, hit them a little harder sometimes when you're doing, doing moves. So outside of the ring, we were having our brawl while they were having their brawl inside of the ring. So um, that was a really fun match to be involved in. I was never in, involved in any sort of cage matches or anything like that. There were women's cage matches at our promotion, but I was, I was still being built up, so I just never got to that point where I got to, to do that sort of thing. So, yeah, I would say the handcuff match was the crazy one. That's, I've actually never heard of that. That's, that is kind of cool. Uh, so, Rick, uh, your favorite match of Money in the Bank? Oh, man. I don't know if I had one. Um, 
Uh, well, you know what? I guess I'd have to give it to the main event, Money in the Bank match. However, I I didn't like how they took out Nakamura before, and then he came in halfway through the match. Like, I just kind of felt like he should have been in there the whole time, but there was a big pop when he, when he finally came out to fight Baron Corbin. And there was a really good moment that he had with AJ Styles where they just, that sent they just moved the ladder to the side. Yeah, that that I think is maybe WrestleMania. Yeah, next year I don't know. Do you, I think do they're you building think, toward it. Do you think one of them is going to hold the title, and then at WrestleMania it's going to be the two of them, and that's when Kenny Omega finally comes out <laughs> after the match. Yeah, or they 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 debut the Adam Cole you know, whatever the the. You know, equivalent of the Bullet Club would be, you know, the uh, am- it'll probably the be just called the Club Alliance. That uh, that's that's one of the things that we uh, uh, we wanted to get out of the way. It was, it was talk about the Money in the Bank pay per view. Uh, probably mm-hmm. our next show we'll talk about the uh, the Great Balls of Fire. Um, but this was a pilot show, kind of give you a little background on us, some of our, uh, our thoughts and insights on on uh, pro wrestling and uh, the world of it. Um, if you like what we're doing, uh, then let us know on our Facebook group. Uh, just search out the FOWE, F-O-W-E podcast on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to try to get a Twitter account set up really soon. And uh, uh, any, any fans of wrestling, you're welcome. Independent, pro, uh, such as uh, WWE and uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, ideas for things that we could talk about or uh, segments that we could have on here. Uh, we're open to suggestions. Uh, we'd love uh, love to hear those too. Uh, anybody have any closing thoughts? <laughs> yep, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say the one thing that I didn't say, I realized I didn't say for the money in the bank, was that my favorite part was when Marie Canellis and Mike Bennett made their debut and oh, JBL's see? comment. Yeah. It was JBL's comment at the very end. He goes, oh, oh, uh, yeah. he took her name. That was like the best <laughs> little like moment of it because, you know, this that the debut was not the, the right debut for them. Mm-hmm. But his comment just like made it perfect. He for took me. her name. I don't think that was scripted. Yeah. I don't think no, that I don't was think in there. So. That was That's why I love though. JBL. He, he yeah. says things that you that he shouldn't say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a true JBL moment. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's it for me, and I think I don't think Taylor has anything to add either. So, thanks for having us. It's it's a fun. Absolutely. Uh, our our intent is to do this maybe bi monthly. Uh, so look for us every couple weeks. Um, we're going to try to set down another, uh, not this coming weekend, but the w- uh, weekend after that, if uh, providing we have time, and do another recording. Um, you know and. Uh, like I said, just uh, let's talk about wrestling and uh, uh, the history of it, the future of it, and the current state of events. It's always a fun thing. Well, uh, I think that'll wrap us up this uh, episode. We'll see you next time on Foe, uh, Fans of Wrestling Everywhere podcast. Uh, I am Duran, along with Rick, Chandler, and Ashley. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Taylor says bye too. <laughs> the Faux Podcast is a production of TFYLP.com. Follow the Faux Podcast on Twitter at Faux Podcast. You can email us at Faux Podcast at TFYLP.com. 
faux podcast theme, Rumble, can be found on bensounds.com. The faux podcast is not affiliated with any wrestling organization, wrestlers, or officials.